back to the podcast. Hi, welcome. Hi, me. Hey, everybody. He, we are we. We do podcast. You listen. Welcome. <laughs> yep. We it's do been a little podcast. Bit. It's been a little bit. We are back. Um, I think we were supposed to come out with one last week, but then we didn't. But now we're here, so it doesn't matter. Um, we have a few things to talk about. Some fun, some in between, uh, some impending doom. Uh, not really. And we can just get into it. So I want to hear yours first. Oh, about... thank you. Thank you. Putting me right on the spot, huh? Absolutely. Okay. Well, I was introduced to Matt Reif. Reif? Reif. About a month ago. Never heard of him. I was on uh, YouTube. Not TikTok, YouTube. I don't go to TikTok anymore. And uh, I found him to be a handsome young man, very witty. I got introduced to what he would call his red light comedy at first, where uh, he would ask people in the audience, what was the red light that would make you perhaps stop seeing somebody and the women loved it. The women would tell them what they didn't like when they met somebody, what the red light was and he would play off of it. And he was ingenious. He, his sense of timing, his laughter, his smiling, uh, the way he, um, made the time goes by smoothly. Some of his comments really made me laugh and I don't laugh that easily anymore. And uh, then he went into other subject matters, you know, uh, you know, which some inappropriate, but funny. And uh, I looked into some of his background and uh, you would know probably more of his background than me because you're, you were on the uh, TikTok and uh, YouTube. But prior to about a year ago, he was on TikTok and I think he was just struggling, you know, to make a living. And now I think his venues pay him at a hundred to two hundred thousand dollars. And he's selling out not just small crowds, but large crowds, young women, older women. Uh, they love him. They love the interaction with him. The men love him when they get when he gets the men involved. And then he has some basic uh, stand up. Uh, I think he's trying to get away from interact interactive comedy you know, where he's doing basic stand-up. But he's he's very good. He's been doing this since he was uh, 15. I think he's 28 now. And uh, he talks about coming from uh, Ohio, I believe, small town where uh, the big thing was bring, bring your tractor to school. The rich kids would bring their tractors to school. Um, on a, on on you know 
a special day. And, uh, you know, he, he, he talks about how crappy life was. And um, again, everybody seems to love him. He's very good looking. Uh, I, 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 I would, uh, was listening to him and he was saying, look, I, he, has, he says he has not had any work done on his face. He says the only thing he had done was his teeth. When he could afford it, he had his teeth done. But he is very good looking, very smart, and uh, I enjoy him. But, but after listening to, oh, maybe a couple of dozen of his segments, uh, his style is repetitious to me. Um, brilliant, but repetitious. You know, he play he plays on his group of uh, women, uh, sexuality, uh, men. But again, it's not standard uh, standard stand up comedy, even though he's on the stage standing up. Uh, and I wonder what his longevity would be. He says he has done some acting, and he says he wants to get into acting and. I would hope so. And with that, in, in that regard, I wanted to talk about comedy uh, in my day. Now, you go on the internet and you ask, who are the most famous comedians of all time? And they have people on there I've never heard of. Uh, there are people on there I have heard of, I had heard of, but... I don't think they're very funny, but that's me. Everything's taste, you know, what your taste is. So I, I wanted to mention a few comedians uh, who I found, find to be funny or I found to be funny because they're deceased. And perhaps I'll give you a little history about them. And they're a, a bit contrary to what uh, Matt Reif does. First of all, there was a great comedian named David Brenner. He was also an actor, a producer, a director. He did many, many uh, documentaries. And he, 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 at one time, I think he still does, held the record for being on Johnny Carson, for those of you who remember who Johnny Carson is, 100 times. And he sometimes would sub for Johnny Carson. Very, very funny stand-up, topical. Uh, unfortunately, he died um, at a young age. I would say anything under uh, 80 is a young age. and uh, But he's worth looking into on the internet if you want to have a good laugh. But again, it depends on your age. Uh, then... There's Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy, uh, I enjoyed very much when he was on Saturday Night Live. And then my, my, my wife and I went to see uh, some of his famous uh, concerts where he wore, decked himself out in all leather. And believe me, we were not prudes, but we walked out on one. It was so dirty that uh, 
you know, he could not stand it. But I, I considered him, with all his imitations, Buckwheat and, uh, you know, Mr. Rogers and uh, many, many uh, imitations that he did on Saturday Night Live to be uh, fantastic. And then the films he did, he did so many films, 48 Hours, and uh, he should have gotten an Academy Award for um, uh, what was that? Girls uh, with what, what was the one where he sang? Uh, oh, I don't know. You know, with uh, Beyonce and uh, oh, I forgot the name of it. Um, was it a, was it a movie? Yeah. Uh, I forgot the name of it. Uh, it was a show on Broadway, and then they made it into a movie. Dreamgirls? Dreamgirls, yeah. I thought he deserved that. And so he went into acting and, you know, uh, in between making children and getting married, he is uh, very, very funny. Very, very funny. Um then there's my all-time favorite comedian. My all-time favorite comedian is Rodney Dangerfield. When I was Peter's age, uh, I used to go into Manhattan on 2nd Avenue. Rodney Dangerfield, his key line was, I get no respect. My wife said she wanted to go on a trip. I took her to a place she never was, the kitchen. Uh, he had very funny uh, repertoire of jokes. He had a nightclub on 2nd Avenue. And uh, he made he made a few, a few movies. He was on Johnny Carson's talk show many times. I think he's the most hilarious of any comedian I've ever seen. And if you go on YouTube, uh, I don't care what age you are, it'll make he'll make you laugh. And another comedian, Miss Don Rickles. Don Rickles was the king of insult comedy, but like Matthew Riff, uh, his he really wasn't the stand-up guy. He was interacting with the audience, but he had insult humor. You'd laugh. Uh, after a while, I uh, felt that, uh, you know, you've heard it all. You know, we took a, a, a man and a woman be sitting in the first row, and he'd go, uh, that's your wife? Oh, what a dog. You know, oops, you're not with the mafia, are you? I hope. You know, uh, you know he would he he would like rank people out, and he was funny. But you know, after after a while, you know, you knew what to expect. Uh, we I was at the Westbury Music Fair with my wife Dardanella, and uh, he asked uh, who has uh, children. And uh, I raised my hand. Never raise your hand because he's insult. He does insults. And he says, how many children you have? 
I said, two. He says, how old are they? I said, well, one is 10 and one is eight. How many years have you been married? I said, three. He said, very nice, he goes, but I can't even repeat what he said. He says, oh, so what it took, it took you basically uh, seven years of uh, practicing till you got it right or decided to get married. And this is in front of a whole audience. And, you know, we'd laugh. You can't be insulted. I laughed. Uh, and then there's the uh, comedic Jerry Seinfeld. Not a lot of people like him. He's intellectual humor. I like intellectual humor. Uh, I watched this show on TV, Seinfeld. Um, I think I've seen every episode of Seinfeld. And again, longevity. Actually, he's one of the richest comedians going. He must be worth uh, close to a, a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Uh, and they had asked him, does he want to... Uh, do one more season of Seinfeld. I think they were going to give him a couple of hundred million dollars to do it at the time. He says, no, uh, we ended a good thing. Why, you know, continue it? Although well, I did not. That's funny because he then came out with a show called Curb Your Enthusiasm, which is literally just Seinfeld. Yeah. With, with Larry. Uh, Larry David. What's it? Larry, I love that show, by the way. But yeah, uh, but but that's what I'm saying. It's funny that he claims that oh, it was a good thing to stop. He went around years later and came out with Curb Your Enthusiasm. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Well, I, don't, I don't think he had anything to do with it. I think it's all Larry. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Larry David. David. I don't. I don't think Jerry Seinfeld has anything to do with it. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, but. Uh, you know, I've listened to him, intellectual humor. Uh, and mind you, there are a hundred great comedians out there. Some have never uh, gotten their shot, as they would say. But uh, some get lucky. And I hope uh, Matt Matthew Riff, 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 however you want to pronounce it, uh, I hope he gets longevity like these people. Um Two more comedians, Wanda Sykes. I think she's hilarious. Um, considering how difficult it is for women in anything to break into a market, Wanda Sykes, uh, in my opinion, is hilarious. And she's done TV shows, stand-up comedy. And uh, I think uh, people who listen to her will find it very, very enjoy enjoyable. Uh, and then, I'm sorry, there are, two, there are two more. I'm leaving the best for last. Uh, there's Sil Sarah Silverman. Sarah Silverman uh, is, a, is a, a woman also who broke in who, who's filthy. Her humor is filthy. And... It's not for everyone. And uh, she had a few things going against her. One, that she was Jewish. She is Jewish. Two, she's a woman. And three, she's filthy. 
not dirty herself, but a, a comedy, you know, is filthy. But she's funny. And she had her own show. Um, and uh, she can be very enjoyable. She's done a couple of roasts of people. And uh, she's kind of funny. People might enjoy her. And then my second favorite behind Rodney Dangerfield, or maybe even right there with Rodney Dangerfield, you know who I'm going to say? I think I have an image of the person. I think I remember the name. It's not a pebble. The Rock? Who's The Rock? Dwayne? No. I don't know. Come on. I have no Chris idea. Rock. Oh, 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 that was not who I was thinking. Oh, yeah, I think. Oh, God. Yeah, I think Chris Rock is hilarious. Uh, some people find him very offensive. They think he uh, can be uh, racist at times, but he says it as he, as he sees it. And, uh, if he's racist, it's only because what he's talking about is people who are racist and the government or whoever are racist. You know, when he brings up topics about uh, the government, the police, uh, or different organizations, and he's topical and he, he's funny, sometimes he may be racist and people get offensive and he can be dirty using uh words that uh some people would be offensive by he's done a few movies with adam sandler who's one of his best friends he's lately done some drama movies uh no pretty damn good uh he did a movie in 19 in 2014 called Top five with Rosario Dawson, which was uh, pretty good. And uh, I, I love one of the remarks on that uh, movie. Um, he plays a comedian who's being interviewed by Rosario Dawson, who's a uh, reporter for the New York Times. And she says to him, uh, you know, uh, you should do this uh, interview. And he, he says, wait a second. And he gets on the phone and he says to his agent, what do I got to do an interview for the New York Times? He says, what's the next thing I'm going to do? And this, it, evidently on the other side of his phone, his agent said, you're, uh, you know, uh, you're really starting to hit bottom. You better get out there and take the interview before you wind up uh, being on Dancing with the Stars. So nice. those are some, those are some uh, comedians, David Brenner, Eddie Murphy, Rodney Dangerfield, Don Rickles, Sh Jerry Seinfeld, Wanda Sykes, Sarah Silverman, Chris Rock, and uh, Matthew Reif. And I would like to see Matthew continue with success and I would like to see him maintain his humility 
and maybe uh, start doing a little bit more basic stand-up and get into uh, feature films. So just wanted to share that with everybody. Yeah. I, I think I wanted to add something really quick about the Matt Rife thing. I think there's two very specific things that also are not aiding in his career, which is one, social media, and two, crowd work, which is what you were saying, interactive comedy. I think right now it is very, very, very popular to do interactive comedy because it is unique. It's creative in the sense of every single time you go to a show of his he doesn't know who he's going to speak to. So the comedy is off the cuff and it writes itself and, and it's fun and creative. And, you know, even if the audience lies, it's still unprepared. And that's what a lot of people like. The problem is, is the format of how people go about it is so overused since I'd say about 2017 um, that it's now becoming just very, very, overused additionally social media the part that got him famous is also the part that that is severing his career because i would argue part of the reason why you're quote-unquote getting tired of him and his routine is in part because you see almost every performance he has you yeah. didn't you never saw chris rock on every performance on youtube you didn't see uh, Dangerfield on every performance on YouTube or TikTok or, or Instagram. You don't see the hottest and the funniest clips from every performance he has boiled down to 15 seconds uh, for immediate gratification and that immediate dopamine boost. So the fact that now we have people like Matthew Reif who are they got popular off of these short quip things and because he's attractive and all these things now is starting to hinder his career because people are their patience and their loyalty to his brand is the li the lifespan of his brand is much shorter because people can mass receive his content on an ungodly scale. There are people who will on, you know, for three days straight, just watch everything he has known to man. And it's like, great, that's great. But you also just hyper consumed about five years of his work. I and agree. And that's a, that's a big deal. You know, and people don't, you don't think about it. It's like, oh, well, it was only like 10 hours worth of content. It's like, yes, but that's five years worth of content that he has been working on and that was millions of dollars or hundreds of thousands of dollars and tens of thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people over those years and you just consumed all of that in about three days that's massive yeah. and people mm -hmm. don't realize that scale and that scope and so then they either want more and it's like well that's just not possible they're not machines you need to wait or they get tired of it because they got their fill. They got their absolute fill when normally like that would normally take a, a couple of years because you'd start following this guy around. Or maybe it never goes away because you only consume the content when you get to see them or hear about them. And so you're there's there's slopes. 
but now people get everything they want exactly how they want it and then drop off a cliff and they don't want them anymore. So I think those two things very specifically are a hindrance to his career and to a lot of people's careers, not just him, like whether it's comedians, actors, actresses, uh, anyone who is a public figure for whatever reason uh, can be at risk for this because years and years and years of work can be condensed into about a weekend. And people are not self-aware enough to recognize that and say, hey, I'm going to take a break from this guy. It doesn't mean he's bad. just means I got to take a break. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I think like one of the, he's he's very, very quick witted. Uh, Yeah, he's he's quick. He's got some good jokes. And I agree with you. I think the the crowd work can be a bit much sometimes. But at the same time, you know, the reason crowd work is popular is because people were getting tired of the pre-planned skits that people like Chris Rock, people like Kevin Hart were doing on stage over and over and over and over again. And especially with social media, if you've got one skit that you take around the country, what, like... you're not even going to get halfway across the nation before it hits social media and your whole set is now on social media and the people who were going to come see you or who might've come see you are now not going to pay to come see you because they just saw it for free and you made pennies. You made a fraction of a penny because there's views on YouTube. And even if it's your YouTube account and you're making money off of it, the money that yeah, you made of, off YouTube is not even close to what you would have made at the show. You know, one of the skits I saw, and I don't remember it exactly, but it was a red light and this woman in the audience, uh, absolutely gorgeous. She said she was divorced, a blonde lady, gorgeous. And he said he, he likes older women. And uh, he's, he's repeated this many times. He said, how old are you? And she says, 43. And I'm, I'm I'm divorced. He says, get out of here. And she says, shows him her phone and a picture of her daughter who's 21. And he looks at her and says, okay, when I'm in Jacksonville, I'll date you for 10 years and then I'll trade you in and then I'll date date your daughter. But the way, you know, the way he says it is very, very humorous. And the women love it. You know, they like being put on the spotlight, you know, yeah. into the spotlight. You know? Well, I've I've heard him talk about that on a podcast too, of he's like very worried that he's not he does normally comedians can gauge whether their jokes land based on the crowd and, and how it works. He can't gauge well whether he's actually like a good comedian or not, because he knows he's very aware of the fact that he's an attractive dude, he keeps himself well and fit and good looking and he's very aware that there are women who will literally follow him across the country just to see him perform and he's very aware that his front audience is almost strictly women who are attracted to him so they laugh and they sit there and they giggle and they and and they have a good time but it's not indic it it doesn't indicate whether he's actually good at his comedy or not they're just there because they like him not his comedy and so he's, I've heard him talk about that on a podcast 
and right like there's something to be says like oh he's too pretty such a problem to have he's making thousands of dollars to be too pretty like yeah okay i get it but simultaneously if this is a guy who enjoys his craft and really wants to be a comedian it sucks that he's not able to get some form of validation on whether he's actually a good comedian or not you know there's the monetary gain but if he ju- if he genuinely does enjoy being a comedian and not just for the fame it sucks it's hard because you know he wants he wants to be better and he can't figure out where he's lacking if there's just women goggling at the fact that everything is so great about him yeah but he is talented and i hope he stays around for a long time that he has longevity and uh i just wanted to mention him and some other comedians of the past yeah so you want to go on with what you have to talk about sure we can take an absolute and utter left turn out of this conversation and go into uh two things first is i'll keep quite brief but i wanted to bring it up because it is present um excuse me oh boy (laughs) Um, bring that up again uh, for those who don't know, we are about four days away from a most likely a government shutdown. Uh, this has been a consistent trend within the American government. Uh, but we are about four days away. Uh, the reason why I say that is because I'm going to read this article. The This is from NBC News. Uh, The U.S. is headed towards a government shutdown this weekend unless Congress takes action. Government funding expires when the clock strikes 12.01 on Sunday and lawmakers are still divided over spending levels and whether to give more aid to Ukraine. Um, Congress debates a plan, government operations that Americans rely on, and paychecks for millions of federal workers hang on the balance. The where Where's the part that I wanted to... Okay, why are you looking? No, I found it. I found it. Appropriations committees in both chambers are supposed to pass a dozen spending bills. For those who don't know what a dozen is, that's 12. Uh, that cover <laughs> different federal agencies. It's not funny. Some people may not know. The bills must pass both the full House and Senate before going to the president's desk to be signed into law. If Congress runs out of time to finish the process, which happens often, lawmakers can pass a short-term funding extension to give themselves more time to hash out a full-year deal. While both House and Senate leaderships have signaled that they want to pass a short-term bill called the Continuing Resolution, or a CR, neither chamber has done so. Um, Often, Congress will package a few or all of the 12, because that's the the thing, is they both, both sides will have 12 spending bills that they need to get through. And so Congress will usually try and package a few or all of the 12 spending bills into what's called an omnibus uh, spending bill and pass that, which basically is just a sweeping pass of these bills. But House Speaker Kevin McCarthy, R. Califf have... Where is it? Kevin McCarthy and R. Califf uh, have repeatedly said that they... Oh, Kevin McCarthy. Jesus, I'm having a stroke said he would never go down that route. So, so far, the House has only passed one of the 12 funding bills on the floor. The Senate has passed none of them. 
On two occasions, last week, a small faction of conservatives blocked GOP leaders from bringing the Defense Department's appropriation bill. Usually an easy one to pass since it's funding for the military. Uh, and that did not go through. So the likelihood of us hitting a government shutdown is very, very high because not only have we not gone through any of the 12, the 12 spending bills, we've gone through one of them on the House. The Senate has done nothing. Um, and on top of that, Kevin McCarthy is hell-bent on not agreeing on an omnibus. So we are most definitely hitting a government shutdown. The things that are good to keep in mind in terms of what will not be affected and will continue to go on uh, in terms of mandatory spending will be things like Medicare, Medicaid, temporary assistance for needy families and veterans benefits. Social Security. Yes, Social Security is another one. Those are things that are guaranteed regardless of government shutdown. The spending will continue. So just figured I'd bring that up and share with everyone that that's what's Once most likely going to happen. Tell me if I'm correct or not. Uh, our podcast is being interrupted by a phone call now. Um, tell me if I'm correct or not. I thought I read that if there's going to be no government refunding, that Congress will still be paid their salaries. Yeah, that's the fun part. That's that's my favorite part of this whole thing. Government workers will be expected, quote unquote, to pay to to sorry to work. So government workers will be expected to continue to work. Which when this happened, I believe it was in 2019, uh, when we were out for 34, 35 days. Government workers started just calling out sick, rightfully so, because why the hell are you working for a month and a half without pay? Um, but yeah, government workers are expected to work without pay. But Congress, all the 80 something year olds yeah. are going to sit, take naps while Congress speaks and they can collect cobwebs and they can collect a paycheck. Well, all the about the four million government workers, what is it? Four million let me see. It was uh, where the hell is it? It's on this article. Let me see. Uh, four million employees. Yes, during a shutdown, the federal government should would be unable to pay its four million employees. Hundreds of thousands of these government workers could be furloughed, meaning they would temporarily stop going to work. During 2013 shutdown, 850,000 workers were furloughed. These workers receive retroactive pay when the government reopens, something that was not always guaranteed until Congress passed that law in 2019. So, great. No pay. Yeah, what happens now? And then what a happens massive now? influx of pay when they reopen. Yeah, what happens now, like you're coming to me on Tuesday, and Sunday, uh, can the problem can start where government shuts down. What happens to the traffic controllers at the airports? <laughs> yeah, we don't know. That's the problem, isn't it? Uh, no. I may be walking home. Uh, well, yeah, no, we don't know. To, and, you, you may not be able to come here. I may not. And and I'm going to be honest, There, the pilots are also supposed to be striking next week. Um, the writer's strike, nice. uh, the writer's strike is no more. They came to an agreement. Yay, good for them. 
they came to they the studios agreed to all of their terms which is great uh wonderful happy for the writers but there are still so many other people striking nurses teachers ups people i think the ups people came to an agreement um Oh, what the hell was it? There was like three or four other ones that are striking as well. God, AFL, AFL, CIO. Uh, yeah. Then there's also uh, not retail, but like uh, service service workers. Um, involves people regarding like waiters, waitresses, but also retail, but also anything that has to do with like customer service. Um, there's I know there was a strike going on about their automotive striking, and. The companies are hiring scabs at 14 an hour to pay to continue the work because they are just going to let these people continue to strike. Uh, people are striking and there's more strikes planned coming. And I believe pilots are supposed to strike next week. So we'll see if I actually get to come see you. If not, I'll take a car and we'll just trip down there. Um, you know, you know the, what the saddest things about strikes are peter what they if they work they're good if they don't work it's a waste of time when i started when i got a draft notice to go to vietnam my mom got all upset and i took an instant teacher's training course and uh i started teaching in 1967 and uh I had I had been married for two months. First day I went into work. Second day there was a strike. So, you know. Yeah, but there's valid strike, there's valid reasons for these yeah. strikes. Like it's yeah. not you to to have a strike occur, there has to be a group on acceptance that something is wrong it's not just a couple of people going you know i really don't like that we don't have enough staplers in the office it's yeah. i don't like that everyone around me is is having uh, not being paid properly or like automotive workers where the ceo got a 40 percent pay increase after already making seven figures eight figures and the automotive workers want their 40% increase, but they want a 40% increase over four years. So they only want mm. 10% a year and they're still getting a no. Ridiculous. So, hold on, let's take a pause because this street, this we have to swap the Zoom things because this is going to end in about 25 seconds. So we'll be right back. Pause. We're back. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, yeah I was going to say a lot of the strikes are intended for the benefit of the strikers. A lot are intended for the benefit of the people who are supposedly uh, formulated the strike. But a lot of times you get people who formulated the strikes who have big balls and small brains, you know? So uh, you gotta be very, very careful what you're striking for. Um, and are you sheep being led to the slaughter? Uh, you know, who's leading you in the strike. So, you know, you really got to acknowledge what you're doing. Uh, yes, because not I, I would argue the, a lot of the strikes we hear about are ones that tend to be for good, proper benefits, right? Like I saw, I believe it's a video of Joe Biden uh, 
striking with the, I don't know who it was. Might've been the automotive workers. He was out there with a, with, with a bullhorn hanging out. Um, but yeah, not all of them are good uh, because some of them just, I, I don't have knowledge of every single one. So I'm not going to say they're all good, but the ones that I'm talking about so far are in my opinion, net positives and are ones that should should be happening because especially in this society where everything is expensive and no one can afford crap anyone who justifies that the the ceo who's already making seven and eight figures deserves a 40 percent raise but the workers workers don't a little bit of a problem a little bit of a problem they don't need to be making millions I know you throw something like that in. That's good it, no, it's it's true because that that's one of the craziest things that I think I saw so many people making comments about was people getting upset the fact that oh a forty percent pay increase they're not even they don't deserve that because they're just the workers. It's like well hold on, it's ten percent over the next four years, and also the CEO yeah. who's already making fifty million a year got a 40% increase. So what are you, why do they deserve another 20 plus million dollars, but you don't deserve an, but they don't deserve an extra two bucks an hour. What do you mean? What do you like? That's my point is it's not like I'm, I'm at least for this specific circumstance. I don't okay. like no they all shouldn't be paid the same they all shouldn't be getting paid millions not everyone deserves that because of the work warrants it a doctor should be paid more than a janitor I know we, there's we, different we always, features always, to this I know but it boggles my mind the absolute bootlicking that occurs anyways okay. anyways okay the other thing I, the other thing I wanted to get into was uh this is more pop culture based for those who are uh, of the older generation, there is a. Streaming... Oh, what, do you, what do you call the older generation? Uh, older generations, I should say, multiple. Any like, I'd say anyone from like forty and up who probably doesn't like pay attention to a lot of pop culture stuff. So I'm older. If I'm seventy nine, I'm older than dirt, right? No, you're just of the older generations. Oh, okay. Okay. So you are lumped together in the older demographic, the older generations. Okay. Anyone who's, I'd say, about somewhere in their 40s and up probably won't know about this unless it is of their interest because okay. it's just it's pop culture crap that someone my age knows about because that's the sphere that I'm living in. But someone in that age, that's not the sphere they're living in. So it's unlikely that they would know about it. Okay. Uh, there is a streaming platform called Kick. And it was started because of Twitch. Twitch is another streaming platform and Rumble is another streaming platform. Twitch has been a streaming platform for the past 10 years or so. And it was the household name, the place to go if you wanted to live stream video games, variety content, whatever you wanted to live stream, you went on Twitch. And it was a very, very... Not prolific, but it, it was a very, it had a very good system to it in, in how you could grow and how people could help you grow. And it was a very good community. And over the years, it has gotten worse and worse and worse. And the company has gotten greedier and greedier and greedier. Um, 
and they've shown a lot of other issues like they they will favor certain streamers or or be very misogynistic with how they handle people and just overall very painfully obviously a problem with the company so rumble came out which that became the right wing super far right wing platform for people to go to and spew their hysteria and then kick became another platform in the past couple of years or i think it was like last year and they wanted to be the middle ground they're not they don't want to be super far right they don't want to be super far left twitch isn't even far left but they're just a crappy company they wanted to be paying you what you're worth as well as allowing for everyone to be on this platform with less guidelines than twitch so of course you get every person on demand flocking to there because the money's better and and people like xqc got a hundred million dollar contract to go over there for two years and whatever else recently a streamer on kick by the name of ice poseidon streamed of uh had a night where he was streaming where he brought a fan i believe it was a fan or it might have just been someone off the street into his apartment he brought them into his apartment and paid for an escort to come to the apartment and he secretly recorded the interaction between the escort and this guy on a couch they went into the other room they were like oh we're going to leave you two alone i believe the escort knew that the recording was going on but i don't believe the guy did and it was a very weird awkward and uncomfortable video to watch i only saw a couple seconds of it because that's how i discovered it was on a timeline on i think twitter and uh i read an article about it and it's apparently a video of very awkward groping and the woman was uncomfortable attempts to leave and was told she can't leave yet by the guy by ice poseidon who paid for her and it was nothing nothing crazy happened they didn't have sex but it was very awkward groping she was uncomfortable and had to stay for a little while longer because she was paid to stay and there are people on kick who are leaving and threatening to leave because kick has done and said nothing about this this stream which is a very weird and problematic thing to have on a platform that predominantly has kids and people under 18 on the platform. Very, very weird. And so to then add to that, another streamer, one of the biggest ones on kick by the name of Aiden Ross promotes a lot of heinous and just problematic content goes on to bitch and moan about, people who are complaining about ice poseidon and saying that it's a bunch of left-wing democratic pussies who need to be hung on trees like i don't it's it is truly truly an event to 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 experience when we have people like aiden ross at his mid-20s saying that specific people need to be hung on trees because they because he doesn't like that they disagree with 
someone recording an escort having a very uncomfortable moment on a couch. Very. So it's like porn. It's like porno. Basically, it, it basically is, and the fact that people are rightfully uncomfortable. And Aiden Ross has the audacity to say that is a massive, massive deal, a massive problem. Nothing's going to happen to Aiden Ross because Aiden Ross has shares in in Kick's company, and he is Aiden. He is Kick's poster boy or or the main guy on Kick. So he's he's nothing's going to happen to that guy. But Ice Poseidon, I I think something should happen to him because that is absolutely heinous to call content, and for the sake of because we are in a, in a digital world and society where the most controversial stuff is how you get views. That's, this is where we're going. Right. And if kick doesn't speak to this or say something or handle this, we're going to start to see a lot worse come onto the platform because now if they, if people know, Oh my God, I can do this. That worked as content and they didn't say anything. Some some guy who's only got, you know, 100 live viewers a night is going to do that. And he's going to turn that into a business and he's going to try and get more people to view him because he wants more money. And they're going to push the envelope more and more and more until something genuinely illegal occurs or something absolutely genuinely problematic that should never be surfaced on live streams goes on there. And the biggest problem is this platform has an 18 and up section. There are sections for the kids, shall we say, because it's meant to be a streaming platform for games and gaming content and children. And they have an 18 and up that you're not allowed to go to so long as you are under 18. But the the big reason why people are complaining is because if I'm a streamer and I have I have 300 live viewers a night and I'm playing games like Fortnite or, or a game called Crab Champion or just games in general, and I know my demographic is 75% kids, why would I bring them over to this platform? Why, why would I do that? I'm going to go to Twitch. I'm going to go to YouTube. I'm going to go somewhere where there is hopefully, well, there is better guidelines and hopefully better content because why I am afraid of the people who watch that problematic content coming onto my platform and starting fights and demonizing the people within my chat who I'm trying to build a community with. And also I'm worried about my community ending up in spheres with these deeply problematic things why and it, and what does it speak to you as your brand right if i try and go to sponsors and i try and say hey sponsor my stream i'll sell i'll, I'll put a code in my stream i'll sell your your whatever your protein powder or your your juice or your watch or whatever it is i'll i'll promote it they're gonna go no you're on kick that they've got those people on there. We don't, we don't want our name attached to that company. Yeah. So it is, Ooh, Ooh, it is scary. It is real. You should write an, you should write an article about this, uh, and attack and, and send it into, uh, the appropriate, uh, 
format, you know, uh, reviewing different types of streaming. Yeah, that might be a, might be a decent idea. You know, um, being a report, be a reporter on streaming. Could be. That's a possible idea. But yeah, yeah. because I, I have no idea about these kicks and and. Uh, yeah, well, it's it's just a bunch of that. it's a bunch of digital apps that you know, especially I, at your age, it's unnecessary and it means nothing to you. It means yeah. it means a lot for me as specifically yeah. because seeing these people like Aiden Ross, like Ice Poseidon, and other people like Sneeko, who that was actually the last thing I wanted to bring up was there's a, there's another streamer named Sneeko again has brings up regularly misogynistic, anti-LGBTQ, anti-trans, anti, just anti-patriarch, like anything that's not like straight patriarchal ideology is a problem. And is there a format that reviews the streamers? Yeah, you can you can report these streamers, but with Kick, they don't care. They I mean they stream gambling. They they stream they live stream gambling, which a lot of YouTube and Twitch don't do because it's not good. Um Kick doesn't care because Kick actually is a sub, I believe it, I believe the term is a subsidiary company to a gambling company. Kick is owned by a gambling company. So they, of course, invite more gambling on their streaming site so that they can promote their own gambling stuff. And why would they why would they not promote more controversy? Because it's more views and more money, more revenue. Um, but someone like Sneeko, again, promotes very misogynistic and very problematic content. And he loves to believe that he's raising awareness for men's health and and promoting strong men. When very, very obviously to it to a intelligent group of people that he is just being problematic, misogynistic, and projecting. And he met a couple of his fans at a baseball game. And the video went viral last week because he met them. And the first thing that they said was, fuck women and gay people should die. I don't now fuck women. I can quote directly from one of the kids. Mind you, the kids that came up to him were about 12. They were about 12. And this kid smiling, giggling, saying fuck women. And then I believe another one said gay people should die or something to that effect. And they're taking oh, pictures boy. with him. And he shocking and surprised goes i never said that well, i didn't say i didn't tell you guys to say that and they're going yeah it's your content like this is what you talk about and he looks at his camera all surprised and laughing at how ridiculous this is this is that's that's the part that worries me is he thinks that he's just fucking around and that it's all satire or the times that he does say something misogynistic or anti-queer or just problematic in general he may think he's being satirical but he there is a level of of awareness here that he is not recognizing he's aware that his demographic is youth and young people he is aware 
that his content can be impressionable on young people, but he's removing the responsibility of himself in how he's influencing these people with his content. And so when something like this happens, he he's shocked that they said something so heinous to him. Yeah, Meanwhile, that's that's yeah. the content he spews every day. Yeah, and you got to be careful because a lot of people believe anything they hear on the internet is true. Well, but it also you hear it enough times or yeah. you just develop that community and of course of course you're going to you're going to start believing in that rhetoric, right? That's how yeah. some of these mentalities go along is you know, there's different ways to go about it, but that's how you develop these communities. You start off with a nugget of something that is mutually understood, right? Men's mental health is a problem. Men are dying at a rate of at once every 60 seconds. That is a statistical thing that is actually occurring. A man is ending his own life at least once every 60 seconds. And you take that and you harp on that and you try, you try and argue that you're promoting men's mental health and men's physical health and you only want the best for men. And then all of a sudden you start throwing in little notions of how women belong in the kitchen or, or women are part of the problem of why men's mental health is so poor. And then all of a sudden we're a year down the line and this guy is now talking about why women need to be subservient and need to stop working because men are the only ones who have the right and deserve to be working and women shouldn't vote. And we start moving backwards in time. And this is, yeah, we, this are, is a concurrent, we are, we are, we are moving backwards. In time. This is a concurrent thing that has been going on now for yeah. someone like you and me who have a fully functional, fully developed prefrontal cortex. We can look at that and go, that's wrong. That's a problem. This is something that shouldn't be discussed. Or I see they're being satirical. I don't agree with it. I wish it wasn't on the internet, but it's I, I can see they're being satirical. I'm not going to laugh, but I, I can recognize that they don't even mean what they're saying. A 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, and 16, and 17-year-old boy looking for guidance in his life because his father mm -hmm. isn't giving it to him and the people around him aren't giving it to him, will go to places like YouTube because YouTube's mm. more prevalent in their lives than their parents are. So they're mm. going to use YouTube to shape their lives. And they mm. won't realize mm. that they're getting indoctrinated mm. and it becomes a problem. So Yeah, brain, brainwashing occurs. Yeah. Well, you know, it, I it's just, it, it's scary. It's scary to see how blatant and open these kids are coming up to these streamers and that these streamers full knowing what they're doing are just tossing responsibility out the window. But all like all of this to, was meant to focus on the streaming platform of kick. And I believe, I believe Sneeko is on rumble, which is like the far right one, but either way, we like this. This is not good. It's not good that a gen of the upcoming generation uh, is experiencing this, and that's why I said oh. earlier, for you not knowing what these apps are, it doesn't matter. It does, it's not going to affect you. It's going to affect me when I, I am at a job or or I'm somewhere, and that generation is spewing these things that I now have to work against. Right. 
or I have yeah. to help try and reverse, whether it's my own kids that I decide to have, or if I end up owning a business or working at a company where I have to train people and that's that's what's going on, I have to manage that or whatever, right? If it's my own girlfriend or wife or at the time, mm-hmm. I have to combat that. So just yeah. woo, weird, weird stuff going on. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for informing about informing yeah. me about it. So when the government shuts down, um, Sunday, Monday, and then the pilots go on strike, I'm going to buy some rollerblades and I will see you in the next day. I'm going to, sh- uh, yeah. 1,350 uh, miles. How long is it going to take you to get here? I'll bring two pairs of rollerblades. Okay, because the wheels are going to wear, uh, right. wear off. Right, yeah. two pairs of rollerblades and um, just a backpack. Uh, yeah. And um, I will, uh, I'll, what I'll do is I'll grab, also get a string. So that if I can, uh, hi, you know, what is it? Hijack? Not hijack. Hitchhike? Oh, you hitchhike. don't say that word, hijack. No, no, hitchhike. Hitchhike. Uh, I'll hitchhike and I'll I'll see if I can tie myself to the back of someone's bumper and I'll just take a nap while they keep driving. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely worried about the fact that you will get on the plane and... Uh... The pilot's going to strike halfway through the flight. Someone's gonna have to fly the plane. Uh, someone's gonna have to land the plane. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, tra- there won't be there won't be sufficient traffic controllers. You know, so it bothers me because I, I remember once before this happened. It's all right. I'll I'll jump out of the plane early, land, and then I'll do the traffic control. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, is there anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's it. Okay. The next thing that probably will come up is student debt uh, this month. That starts October, on the first. I, yeah. And uh, what's going to be with that? Probably and, nothing because if the government shuts down, no one's going to be calling about the, the money. So people are just well, not going to pay. It depends where you got your loan from. Well, if you got it from government funds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, if you oh, if you got it from you know Sally May and wherever what other whatever other uh, loan shark that you got it from, garbage companies like those. Yeah, you're probably yeah. in some deep shit. Okay, so let's hope for the best, and uh, I hope that everybody gets through this. And you know, maybe maybe the congressmen will give up their salaries too. Yeah, and and show us that uh, they really care. Uh, I yeah. just hope they don't decide they're going on a vacation break. Yeah, sure. And Ginsburg's oh. gonna Ginsburg's gonna be the first one to give up her salary. Yeah, yeah. Ginsburg. She's, is that who? Who's the? Who's the? Uh... Ginsburg's dead. Who's uh, that? I'm thinking of the wrong person. Who's the? Who's that? Ninety-one-year-old that's been rolling in on her wheelchair. Democratic uh, side? I, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking of something else. Super old. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't make a difference. No, now I need to know. Feinstein! Feinstein! Feinstein. Okay. From, Ca- from Diane, California. Diane Feinstein. Old as yeah. dirt. 
she's yeah. gonna come rolling in and go she's gonna be the first to to give out her her salary and say you know what i don't need it i'm circling the grave as we speak give it to yeah. someone who needs it yeah and i'll tell you something like a business uh, owner for a multi-million we're, dollar company we're approaching uh a year from this november the presidential election i know so so we're going to have a lot of things to be talking about i'm aware over the next year i'm aware um and uh, uh, i can't wait to not vote for i can't wait to pick between an 80 something year old yeah. an absolute psychopath from florida or a 75 year old i can't wait Two... uh, and he's the yeah he's the you know I don't want to get into it. Okay. So uh, I would like to say to everybody, till we meet again. Till uh, we meet again. Till we meet again. Everyone, be well, be safe, and make sure when you get on the plane, there's a pilot on there. Yeah. Make sure. Yeah. Make, su- make sure. No trainees, pilots. All right. Peace out. Love you guys. Bye.